People don't really care about my opinion anyway, except for like the esoteric stuff. Yeah. But um, there are people, there are groups of people that fight against this and it's not going to be mandatory. It's not going to be mandatory. They can't do that. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grand America Show. We are going to be chatting with Micah Dank again a little bit later. Illuminati hand signals. We got into the book of Enoch stuff a little bit uh Later, we got Graham the Carnivore Dunlop over here. How's hey, it going, buddy? buddy? Not too bad. Hey, before Are I you forget, still only pooping twice a week. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, not not a lot. I'm looking for when one happens. I'm like, yeah, it's under a bit. Oh boy. So if, maybe a little fiber. Maybe you got to add a little fiber. Well, in dude, I'm losing weight still. Like, except that I was I was on these uh, sort of energy monster energy drinks that I liked for a bit, and I realized that uh, one of them has too much sugar. So I I uh, got to cut back on that. But before I forget about Dank and the hand signals is I think it's kind of a video, like we were on YouTube and he was showing us these hand signals. So I think when people say, Hey, what's that? When he goes, Hey, what's this? Like what? I don't think we did a good job at describing what he was doing. I mean, maybe we did, but there is a YouTube version of this and you <coughs> just got to picture too. some of the, some of the, some of the, uh, a rock fin and a rolling, some of the hand signals America, fuck YouTube that we did. Yeah. So, so you tell people to go check out the YouTube? Yeah, and and the Rockfin, just to get the visuals. I mean, I think you could probably figure it out. Like we talk about the black eye syndrome and the and the you know the Illuminati, the hand over the eye and the the swastika. And there's all kinds of things that come up, but some of it's kind of visual. You should have put the pictures in the notes. Yeah, I should have. Eh? Like little like uh, sign language. <laughs> Graham does the hand yeah. signals. <laughs> So, anyways, yeah, I'm still on the carnivore diet. Yeah, still, still on the carnivore diet. Yeah, still good. Yeah, I feel, I months. feel like it's still good. Yeah, it's been months now. Yeah, months. That was a good brisket yesterday. Yeah, little, little chewy. I found it was a little chewy too. Yeah. I think you got to brine it. It would have been good to get it the day before, so you could soak it overnight. Yeah, it was a great barbecue though. Good to visit with some friends. Have some great chats. Some gathering. Yeah, we we're talking about like astral travel and connecting with beings and all this great stuff, man. I just was, oh, you guys are wacky. I connected a few <laughs> friends together. It was great. Yeah. Uh, you put, I heard I you, get... I heard you putting people on the spot. Brady, get <laughs> over here and tell us a story. He's <laughs> just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's good to have those shindigs. We'll have another one real soon. Well, Let's I was telling him. Brady, he's got to come on the show. He's got to sit down here with us and and tell us because he's got a different view on all this astral travel. And he spent like thousands of encounters and thousands of nights rolling out of his body into the astral realm. And he's figured out all kinds of shit thousands? that people don't. Thousands, dude. Thousands. I mean, this guy has had the That's crazy like one a day for three years. Yeah, dude. It took him three years to figure out one little aspect of it. Huh. Three years to figure. I mean, he. We need to. We need to sit down and pick his brain for like two hours on the Grand America show. Like seriously, he's this got. This is the Grand America show. He, that's what I mean. Okay. Yeah, he's got. <laughs> he's got. A, he's got views on this stuff that nobody has talked about. Like he should be writing a book. Why doesn't he? I'll well, talk to him. Yeah, we should talk to him. We Usually should do Monday's it. lunch day. All right. So, anyways, it's like just fantastic conversations. 
Life would be so much so better what? if you were in the field. <laughs> <laughs> I guess there's nowhere to go for lunch. Ah, oh, there'll be somewhere. I've found myself like roped into a group where I get text messages when things are going on. Oh, wow. I cool. don't know how it happened. I got invited to the rallies. Oh, wow. And then I got invited. Oh, you might be kicked. I got kicked out of a couple I of those groups. I got invited so. out for wings. Wow, that's great. At a place, uh, an unlocker, an unlocker event, I guess it was called. Is that in Telegram or? Maybe in Telegram? Uh, Facebook. Oh, fa oh, Facebook. Oh, my God. Really? You're on mm -hmm. Facebook? Well, Grab America's on Facebook. Oh, you're doing it through the Grab America thing? Yes, ever since I posted the instructions on how to travel without uh Oh my god. COVID without uh doing the quarantine thing. I didn't post all the instructions. I was like DM for details. So I just like <laughs> found myself in this whole little underworld. <laughs> That's great. Which no, I was in right. a group I was in a group trial like that before and I was thinking, man, and then the guy started kicking people out and he wanted me people to interact more. And I'm like, dude, some people just want to be in here to know what's going on and not everybody's gonna interact in the chat. It was just a bunch of drama. Okay. I'm like, I don't want lurking's drama. Okay. John's just... been kicked out of multiple conspiracy groups. He doesn't Can you want... believe it? <laughs> and I'm like, you know, because I'm not conspiratorial enough. I mean, to most people in society, I'm like the tinfoil hat guy. Yeah, and now you've been kicked out for not talking enough. Yeah, the two problems. Not believing here. in the you know in the reptilian uh, agenda enough. Meanwhile, most of the time you just won't shut up about COVID. Um, I don't understand your problem. I think you're a wonderful guy. My problem is <laughs> this thing's heating up, dude. We gotta, I gotta, I gotta find some space to rant on outlawed. Yeah, know? yeah. We just gotta make space. Yeah. Ontario's space. getting crazy. I know, dude. That's what I'm talking about. It's crazy. You ready for a gun again yet? What? Oh, remember there's a period. Oh, that's there right. was a period last year where you asked to borrow a gun. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> and then I bought a bow and arrow. And then you bought. I still a bow have and to arrow. size it properly. It doesn't fit me properly. You will just miss. <laughs> They'll find you dead with like three arrows in the wall. <laughs> uh, that's good. I was out uh, shooting a little bit on Friday without seeing the stars, actually. Oh, wow. Good. Not Did you see fire. anything? Did you see any UFOs or anything like that? Mm, no. We've Not seen really a cool that. star. Yeah. A cool star. There's no it. service out there, so I don't know what it was. I can I can find, like, the Big Dipper right away and, and Polaris now and Orion, and I can get from Orion to the, what are they called, uh, the... A group of them. Pleiades? I can find the Pleiades pretty yeah. quick, but not now. It's like by the time it's dark, they're already down around the horizon right now. So all my stuff is gone, so the only one I can find is Leo. Yeah. But it's good to get out in the dark. Right on. What do you got here? So this uh, so I'm this is where we kind of this is kind of where we shoot the shit up a little bit and take care of some housekeeping and do a little intro before the interview. We've Final got a couple other channels Friday, too. Dude. Final CAC call Friday. What do you? What does this mean for Scablands? Oh, for Scablands. Okay, you want to talk about that then? Well, you got a call tomorrow before we can talk about much. Okay, let's wait. Yeah, but it's happening. Yeah, in three weeks, two yeah. weeks, two three weeks. weeks. Yeah. Two it's weeks. like two fucking weeks, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, that's craziness. Yeah. They All sneak right, we'll up talk on about you. that next week then. But we got to talk yeah, about we'll the other one this week. Okay. Because there's only 11 spots. Okay, left. so you're talking about 
Next year, April 2022. Contact at the Canyons. Contact at the Canyons. Bryce and Utah, right? David Bryce and, and Zion with David Matheson and Brandon Powell. And like Brandon same Powell. crew. A lot of the same we're people coming back. Graham's going to be there this year. I'll be there. I'll be taking making, a holiday. I'll be taking a holiday a around it. That I'll be taking, will be there. I'll be taking a holiday around it. I'll be driving down. I'll be taking the long way down. You promising? Is this you promising on the show that you will be at... Contact at the Canyon 2022. I mean, unless I'm, you know, in jail or the quarantine in facility jail. or like, you know, <laughs> like somewhere like that, you know. You've been up to something, Dunlop? No, dude. I'm, what do you mean? I haven't had a test yet. Anti-vax jail? I haven't had a test a yet. If I'm not going to have the jab. So, you know, things go south here with the jab. Look at what's happening in Ontario right now. They're talking about cops have, they even mentioned Alberta in the same sentence, but then it was like Ontario's expanded the police you know, um, authority. And then the cops are all pushing back saying, oh, we're not going to go do this. But I mean, the guts of those people, we in Canada might be getting towards what Australia was doing when they were testing all that stuff. I mean, I don't want to rant about it now, but I mean, it, it, it could get kind of scary here. So the more they start jabbing people, the more the cases go up. I'm, I'm don't even want to hang around with jabbed people. I don't know how to, I don't know enough how to approach it, how to approach it from a scientific perspective point of view i've got some theories that are not very crazy. good i know this is what i mean you better start wearing a mask oh that'll help <laughs> <laughs> get out a pen and paper and write this down or a pencil why don't you send seriously though contact at the cabin.com can you, yeah if you want to get on that there's only 11 spots left are we going to open it up for a second uh thing we don't know yet we don't know yet okay if it sells out this month, probably. And it's a day Next longer line. this time, right? Canada. Next line. Yes, it's a day longer. Yeah. So three nights and three days in the canyon? I will be Thursday, check in Thursday night, and you're there. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, check out Monday. Awesome. So we'll probably do Bryce Friday again. Yeah. Maybe take Saturday off, and, hang out, and, and then do Zion on Sunday. On Sunday, that's a good idea. Yeah, leave on Monday. And when you say take the day off, it's just do shit around the lodge and all that, or whatever people want to do. Hang, hang, out. hang out. People can do some. I mean, there's a ton of stuff to explore around there. The stars are still great around there. Maybe we'll have some optional hikes because people will want to go do this and that. But yeah, maybe it's some more just extreme a lot hikes. Yeah. Two people were complaining they didn't get enough time to hang out. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. Imagine that. People just wanting to hang out. So I think we got this letter from Chester. It was in the P.O. box with the book for you. Did you get the book? Chester. Mary wept over the feet of Jesus? The prostitution in the Bible book. Oh, nice. That was at the P.O. box. Along with a check for $200. Thanks, buddy. Which I believe appreciate it. Awesome. Uh, Thank you for the donation and the book and the other book. <laughs> and oh, okay. So Hi, Darren and Graham. Let me let me settle in. Settle into this reading page mode. Page fucking letter. I've been meaning to send you guys a check for a while to hold up my end of the value for value model. That check should be between the pages of the enclosed book. Did you read the pages? Was there any clues no, into what pages it was? No. No? The pages with the nudity? I probably started listening to the show sometime in the summer of last year. I can't remember exactly how I stumbled onto Gramerica, but I was looking for COVID skeptical material. <laughs> and if the material came from a Canadian source, all the better. 
And while I was specifically looking for COVID skeptical stuff, I also like unconventional ideas of all sorts. So I found myself interested in most of your non-COVID episodes too. What got me finally writing to you and sending you money was the Adam Drissy episode that you recorded on February 14th. Specifically, the uh, see, I recorded on Valentine's Day and my birthday this year. Wow. I must have a great girlfriend put up with that. Ah, <laughs> uh, we were live. We got lots of tips, though. Mostly from Paul and Shelba. Nice. Adam Drissy. Adam Drissy episode. Wow, that's that's fantastic because specifically that was Adam's first podcast. Specifically right? the Operation Project <gasps> segment. <laughs> which Graham read from the article. Hillsborough County Sheriff announces Operation Game Over human trafficking arrests. Maybe I should explain where I'm coming from on this subject. I've been paying for sex <laughs> For 22 years. For the last subject, for the last 17 years, I've been pretty close to monogamous with one particular wonderful sex worker who definitely is not a trafficking victim. The only other woman I've had sex with in those 17 years is a friend who I regularly had free sex with for a few months in 2013. That friend knew that I was paying, also paying for sex with my regular sex worker. I wasn't keeping that a secret. I'm still friends with that woman, but we realized that our friendship worked better if we weren't having sex. He didn't say not to read this. When I began paying for sex in 1999, the terms sex trafficking and human trafficking were not yet in popular usage. If the latter was used, it was used synonymously with the term human smuggling and not in relation to sex work. In 2003, I started to hear human trafficking in relation to sex work in the corporate media. At that time, it was a term that only applied to foreign women from poorer countries being brought into richer countries to be forced into sex work. An early book that debunked that narrative was Laura Augustine's Sex at the Margins from 2007. Augustine spent time with foreign-born sex workers and found that the majority had not been forced or tricked into the work. A Canadian organization that supports the right of foreign-born sex workers is Butterfly. Their perspective is similar to Augustine's. If you can see, as you can see, if you go to their website, butterflysw.org. Nevertheless, the term human trafficking and sex trafficking caught on. It seems to me that the anti-prostitutionists were in a tough spot around 2000. The concept of sex worker rights was starting to make serious headway, and hip-hop culture was presenting the pimp and sex worker relationship as more complicated than a simple villain and victim one. So anti-prostitutionists took the trafficking terms and applied them to in the Canadian-U.S. context, sex work performed by Canadian-born and U.S.-born workers. People who'd been called pimps became redefined as traffickers. Anti-prostitutionists insisted that virtually all sex workers are trafficking victims. This belief underlies the Canadian sex work laws that were brought in in 2014. The corporate media promotes that no the notion that sex trafficking is widespread. But if one looks in-depth into the most corporate 
into most of the corporate media stories about sex trafficking, one finds that they're usually bullshit. Not always. Google Victoria Morrison sex trafficking to find an example of a Canadian young woman who genuinely was forced into a nightmare situation by a violent pimp. But the majority of the corporate media stories about trafficking are nonsense. To give an example, in January 2018, CBC Radio did a series of reports about sex trafficking in London, Ontario. In this series, the journalist reported on a police operation called called Project Solstice, which had happened... I probably have that on my list. The previous month, there was a four-week operation in which nine London cops made a concerted effort to find traffickers and their victims in London. These CBC reports stated that trafficking was big business in London, booming, but there were strangely no details about what specifically Project Solstice had found. Curious, I went online and was able to establish that over the course of the Project Solstice, the cops had found zero traffickers and zero trafficking victims. I'm not saying that there were no sex workers who were being forced to do work by their abusive pimps in London in December 2017, but if there were, the cops couldn't find them. And not only did the CBC journalist neglect to mention that the cops couldn't find them, the CBC journalist instead implied that the opposite was the case by saying that sex trafficking was a booming business in London at that point in time. According to the sex worker and sex workers' rights advocate Maggie McNeil, in in nearly every stable modern society, the rate of coercion for adult prostitution is about 2% or less. This is roughly the same as the rate of non-sex working women who report an abusive or controlling boyfriend or husband. McNeil's blog, MaggieMcNeil.wordpress.com, is an excellent source of information on sex work and sex trafficking. Incidentally, I put the terms sex trafficking and human trafficking in quotes because McNeil argues that they're overly broad and vague and are applied willy-nilly to anyone and anything that authorities or prohibitionists want to restrict, censure, spy on, interfere, and attempt to ban or inflict violence upon. She adds, therefore, call upon activist allies and well-meaning people to stop using the term. If you mean forced prostitution, say that. If you mean underage survival sex, say that. McNeil's 2% estimate was roughly confirmed by the Canadian cross-country police project called Operation Northern Spotlight that ran from 2014 to 2018. For example, in the 2018 phase of the operation, 97.15% of the prostitutes encountered by the cops were found to be working by choice. And it should be remembered that the cops in the operation were trying... How many by choice? Can you read that? 97.15%. Wow. And it should be remembered that the cops in the operation were trying to find trafficking victims, so they were ignoring sex workers in their 30s or older. If those older sex workers are factored in, the percentage would be closer to 98 and might even be close to 99. I suspect that the operation was shut down in 2018 because it was generating statistics that contradicted the corporate media narrative that a large percentage of sex workers are trafficked. McNeil and other sex worker rights advocates argue that sex traf- the sex trafficking narrative is an excuse that's used to violate the rights of sex workers by their clients. So when Graham read the article about Operation Game Over, I was skeptical. Reading the whole article didn't diminish my skepticism. I've seen too many similar corporate media news stories about trafficking turn out to be based on lies. For example, in February of 2019, the cops raided several mas- massage parlors in South Florida. The cops claimed 
that the women working in the parlors have been trafficking victims caught in a $20 million trafficking ring. At least 173 people were charged. Corporate media reports claim that the women were trapped in modern-day slavery. But as an article in Vanity Fair, Vanity Fair later reported, within weeks of the raid, the state's case had evaporated. There was no $20 million trafficking ring, no women tricked into sex slavery. That only came to light because a very rich man was the was one of the people arrested, Robert Kraft, because he had the financial means to fight the state's bullshit case and the will to fight. The truth came to light. Unfortunately, all too often, those charged in cases like this don't have the financial resources to fight. Amber Batts was a sex worker in Anchorage, Alaska, who started booking dates for other sex workers and ended up running an escort service. Even though she worked with adults who were choosing to work as escorts, the cops came after her and charged her with sex trafficking. Because oh, she didn't that's have, brutal. Because she didn't have the Robert Kraft like, well, she couldn't fight the charges and ended up in prison for several years. An innocent woman was incarcerated for something that should not be considered a crime, arranging dates for sex workers who work by choice. That's considered to be trafficking and proves that Maggie McNeil is right when she says the term human trafficking and sex trafficking have become meaningless. Yeah. We don't need sex trafficking laws. There are laws criminalizing things like assault and kidnapping. Those laws could be used against a man who forced a woman to engage in sex work against her will. There's no way to frame a sex trafficking law that doesn't result in people like Amber Batts being incarcerated. Yeah. Anyway, getting back to Operation Game Over, I see no reason to take seriously the report from baynews9.com. That Graham read, supposedly six victims were rescued during Operation Game Over. Had pimps beaten them? The Bay 9 article doesn't say. Had they been threatened in any way? The article doesn't say. Were they being held captive? The article doesn't say. I mentioned the Victoria Morrison case earlier in this letter. I believe that she was forced to do sex work by an abusive pimp because the corporate media accounts her case contained enough confirming detail to convince me. There is no such confirming detail in this Bay News 9 article. Just that magic, magic phrase, human trafficking. Yeah. Because, uh, but because we're supposed to believe that something, someone was doing something bad. But they used that phase in relation to Amber Batts. And she, this is quite the letter. No, it's great. It's a fucking too. fantastic letter because I, I've been going through these and I was until after anything wrong. When I hear the terms human trafficking and sex trafficking, I automatically assume that I'm probably being lied to. Yeah. You might say yes, but one of the people identified as a victim in the Bay news nine article was underage. Again, there isn't enough confirming detail to know what was going on there. Did the men who were charged with trafficking have anything to do with that 17 year old or was she an independent escort? The article doesn't say just because something is implied doesn't mean it's true. Just because, in fact, if something is only implied in a news report like this, it's probably not true. Let me be clear that I don't advocate that we make it legal to pay for sex with 17-year-olds. I'm for decriminalizing sex work for workers who are 18 and older. But I do think that 17-year-old sex workers are... But, I, but do I think that 17-year-old sex workers are necessarily victims? No. What I think about when I hear that a sex worker is 17 is the experience of comedian Caitlin Bailey, who began working as an escort when she was 17. Here's a short bit from an interview with her. 
I fantasized about being a whore for years, but when I started seriously considering doing it, when I Googled Escort Raleigh NC, I found a message board and posted an ad. At the time, this work meant freedom from the constraints of adolescence. I got to step into a fantasy world, a fantasy character. It felt very powerful. The interview can be found at www.labocedinenewyork.com slash en slash arts slash 2016 slash 08 slash 18 slash Caitlin Bailey dash I. Grandma put that in the yeah, show Yeah, I'll put notes. it in the show notes. <laughs> in my opinion... There should be a sliding scale for penalizing those who have sex with underage sex workers. A relatively trivial punishment for having sex with a 17-year-old, a more serious punishment for doing so with 16, a much more serious punishment for this, so on and so on. Uh, Doesn't make sense to him to have sex with underage girls. Especially since we live in a country where the age of consent is 16. I'm not making this argument for personal reasons. The wonderful sex worker who I monogamously have sex with is well into her 40s. And that friend I mentioned getting sexually involved with back in 2013 was at that time also in her 40s. The magic trafficking phrases are the only weapons today in the war against sex work. Silly moral arguments that consensual sex for pay between consenting adults is just wrong collapsed long ago. So all that the anti-prostitutionists have left is the lie that trafficking is widespread. Actually, I'm wrong. The trafficking phrases aren't the only weapons against full-service in-person sex work, not since the beginning of the COVID era in March of last year. That brings us the connection between trafficking as the the trafficking anti-prostitution narrative and the COVID narrative. I think the same forces are behind both. They want to keep us apart from each other as much as possible. Sex works brings people together. The stereotype presents prostitution as a series of meaningless encounters. But as I mentioned, I've been, aside for a few months in 2013, sexually monogamous with one sex worker for 17 years now. I mean, I've been mostly monogamous with her. I don't mean to say that she's been monogamous with me. That's pretty obvious. <laughs> it's been mostly a very positive, emotionally fulfilling relationship. It's not a romantic relationship. We don't want to marry each other or live together or have children together. But it goes beyond sex and money in many ways. And our situation isn't unique. Almost every full-service sex worker has regulars, clients who see them regularly. What those relationships are like varies as much as relationships vary in the free sex realm. But... Many of them are positive, mutually beneficial, and can last years and years. I was talking with a sex worker acquaintance I'm friendly with last year who happens to be my age, 60, and she told me that she's been seeing one of her clients since around 1985. She couldn't remember the exact year. Not that there's anything wrong with a client seeing a sex worker only one time, as long as both the client and the sex worker treat each other with consideration and respect. But my point is that it's not commonly recognized that sex work can and frequently does bring people together for profound and long-lasting relationships. And that is not what our overlords, our archons, or whatever, want. The overlords who are telling us to stand six feet apart and wear masks are the same overlords who spread lies about sex work and trafficking. The goal is the same, keeping us humans apart from each other as much as possible. And I think you guys missed a point in the article. Sheriff Chronister said that he wants to stop the demand. 
He's clearly a proponent of the end-demand ideology, the belief that society should totally wipe out the practice of paying for sex. Sex Sex worker advocates completely oppose this ideology. See sex worker Savannah Sly's March 14th, 2021 article, Less Money, More Problems. The cruelty of the end-demand model of policing posted on swopbehindbars.org. That organization, SWOP Behind Bars, is devoted to helping sex workers who have been incarcerated. incarcerated. On the topic of what sex workers advocate for, you guys mentioned that sex work should be legalized. Legalization is typically associated with licensing. This is not what sex workers want. The one I see regularly has no interest in giving, having to give her personal information to some government bureaucrat to get permission to have consensual sex with me and whoever else she wants to have sex with. Pierre Trudeau said that the state has no place in the bedrooms of a nation, as long as the people in those bedrooms are consenting adults. In a longer version of the famous statement, Trudeau did make it it clear that he was talking about sex between adults. He did not say that the state has to license what happens in the bedrooms of the nation. That's a good point. If the sex worker... I see regular was legally was legally required to get a license. She's told me that she would not. She'd just break the law. Yeah, that's a good point. And that illustrates what Maggie McNeil means when she says about when she says this about legalizing sex work. Legalization is just criminalization under a different name. Sex workers support decriminalization, not legalization. If it wasn't for the enclosed check, this long-winded critique might have gave you guys the impression that I don't like America. So let me emphasize that I enjoy the show, am interested in the sorts of subjects you cover, and find myself mostly in agreement with you, or at least appreciating your perspectives. And your personalities and energies are great. It's a pleasure listening to you both. I'm enclosing my graphic novel, Mary Wept Over the Feet of Jesus. Surprise, surprise, it's mostly about prostitution, prostitution in the Bible. I make some extreme claims, the most extreme being that the Virgin Mary was actually a prostitute. For the meat of that argument, jump to pages 173 and 174. Where the check was. What? Where the check was. Maybe, yeah. In the interview with Micah Dank, Darren admitted that he didn't know anything about the biblical book of Job. Starting on page 217 of Mary Wept, there's a 20-page comic strip adaptation of Job that contains the basic story of that important work. You should be able to read it in about five minutes. My interpretation of what Job means is on page 237. Anyway, keep doing what you're doing, with maybe the exception of blindly accepting corporate media takes no, on sex No, I'm not accepting. Sorry for going on and on. If one of you has actually read this whole letter, thanks. Chester, awesome. March 29th, 2021. Awesome. So that's a fantastic letter. <clears throat> and I hope that you and Chester recognized... The hesitancy in some of those and the fact that I tried to tease apart on a couple of them, trafficking versus prostitution. Do you remember that? No. You don't remember me doing that? So even in that one, I have a note in my in my notes here where I keep track of all these projects. I have Operation Game Over, 75 traffic arrests, question mark. So I don't know if it's in this one or some of the other ones because I've picked a few where I've noticed that they're not... They're, they're blending, they're blending all this in, right? It, it, it started to become more about prostitution when I was looking for the trafficking specifically. And I feel like he's totally hundred percent correct on 
the corporate media. Now, all of a sudden, with all this Q and this pedo bullshit, now they're throwing this all together. They're blending it all in together, which to me is, is a, you know, it's a massive problem, right? There's a huge difference between sex work and child trafficking, which isn't even human trafficking. It's one, you know, layer down, which is still like, it's still a massive problem, but they're just blurring this whole thing together. And I looked the other day for another, I almost brought another one in to read and I noticed this exact thing. I'm like, they're just saying that this is all fucking trafficking and it was all just sex. They were talking about the Johns and I'm like, whoa, what the fuck is happening here? So there was one with quite a few. It might've been even that one. I'm not sure if it was the one from Florida or another one, but they're starting to get a lot of attention. But having said that, the corporate media has been ignoring a lot of the actual, like the, the pedo stuff. I mean, the, the, the child trafficking, it seems. But I think that that's why they also say that there's so much human trafficking because they're throwing a lot of this in that whole bucket, which shouldn't be in that bucket. Big old bucket. So there's been been a couple others that I've read that I've commented on that this is not necessarily trafficking. It's it's a a mix of both, which I don't like. That's why I was very hesitant to reading some of these. So I I think it's a fantastic email. That's a great one. Yeah. And uh came with it's not an email. It's a fucking sorry, letter, yeah, bro. Sorry, he letter, wrote yeah, all yeah. this shit out. Did you there's there's uh, I read it. I think the papers on I had yeah, to, good I job. had to read handwriting. Good job. That's good. Yeah, he did a That's good like job. That's like he's got a bit of a book there. Yeah. yeah. No, we're going to keep that. We'll keep that one as a little momentum in the studio. No, I appreciate that. I mean, honestly, he should probably come on the show and talk about that as as a as a uh, <laughs> That's a that's a huge topic that needs to be addressed. It's totally. huge. And I noticed it happening as I've been looking at this stuff over the past few months. I noticed it happening. So, America.ca slash support. If you want to join the club like Chester, become a supporter, sign up for a monthly one time donation. All the options are there Patreon, Stripe, PayPal. If you could sign up for a monthly, it'd be great. It's how we keep going around here. It's a value for value show, not a free show. If you like the show, it's adding some value to your day, your life, your commute workout, whatever, wherever you're listening. Not my place to say, but if you are listening, you're liking it. I think this is number 490 free podcasts. America.ca slash support. If you can, when you can, we love you for it. Please support the show. Uh, it's important. Yep. Otherwise, can't do it without you. Can't do it without you. Won't do it without you. Uh, that being said, head over to GrandAmericaOutlaw.ca if you want to get on that plus show. Grab that plus content. Hammer some of that out. We're up to episode 22 over there. I think episode 16 on the free feed or 17 on the free feed. If you want to check that out, we just had Andy Wakefield on. Great chat. Uh, Gareth Ike was on before that. Some great shows. GrandAmericaOutlaw.ca. Of course, we got, I got two, two, a double whammy of the best ofs for episode two and three of season two of climate change coming up right away here. For the interview with Micah Dank. Oh, okay. You got him coming up on this Randall one. Randall Carlson, which okay. of course was a brief history. No. Yeah, it, it was says a, a history. brief history yeah. of climate. Yeah. Uh, which is over there on Rockfin special, rockfin.com slash America. If you guys want to go check out, sign that up. Of course, it'll be about 10 minutes of Randall giving his perspective. If you go over on the Rockfin thing, though, it's a fantastic video with charts and graphs and all over. Then we did the Jim Lee one coming up. Yeah. That was a fantastic one as well. Yeah. Trying to work something the, more the with The climate Mark changers was Jim Lee's, yeah. Good one. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else for we Audiobooks? Audiobooks? Oh, yeah. I got a quote here too. You do got a quote? Yeah. I got a synchro, but I'll save the synchro. There was a synchro in our chats 
Fantastic one. I mean, and geez, a lot of synchro has been happening with me. Lately yeah, too, save it. I'll save that week. for next week. But I do have a quote here. Check out uh, adultbrain.ca. Go grab that Secret Doctrine audio book if you want to. Try and uh, get that up to 100 copies sold. It'll be cool. Yeah, Secret Teachings is coming out. Yeah, absolutely. We got Graham going on the other one now, part two. Yep. Keep buying part one. If you start, if you stop picking up part one, we, he might get discouraged. <laughs> That's going to be a long haul. That's going to be like fucking 50 or 60 hours, I bet. Yeah, yeah. Profound quote of the week Darren, can you guess it? It's the profound quote of the week Can you guess the human So you you won't you won't be able to guess this one, but I mean when we talk about meditating and, and sort of and magic and all these metaphysical things. And to me, like there's a space there that's created where, where you can sort of get to the truth a little bit more, discern the truth. Uh, and this quote sort of sums it up. When you connect to the silence within you, that is when you can make sense of the disturbance going on around you. Bazoo. Actually, <laughs> good. Nice try. <laughs> Stephen Richards. <laughs> Swinging a mess. <laughs> All right, anything else? That's about it, I guess. That's enough yeah, of yeah. our lazy ramblings. It's 11 o'clock on a Sunday. 11, 12. We got another great one coming up now, next week. It's Sacrosal, the ancient religion of the sun. Oh, yeah, Fantastic people are loving line. the live oh, stream of that. We got, oh, dude, we got another we got another ancient one coming up that's very similar to that, too. I got it scheduled. Trying to schedule in another person from across the pond. So we'll have to figure out how we're going to do that. Bingo, bango. Yeah. Contact at thecabin.com. Check that out. Check out all that stuff. Uh, enjoy the chat. Randall Carlson. And then right after that, Mr. Micah Dank, Illuminati Hand Signs. Uh, an interest of mine for decades, literally decades. In fact, it goes back to an obsession with weather as a kid. Wow. Um, you know, that kind of morphed into an interest in uh climate and climate change way back in the 70s when I started getting obsessed with ice ages and things like that. So, you know, I've had a little bit of study into the matter. So um, just enough, I would say, so that when I hear some of the various things being said out there, I have enough knowledge of the matter under discussion to realize that uh, it's a very slanted discussion at present. It's important to, to understand that the glaciers began receding in the early 18 to mid-1800s. And this was basically coinciding with the, the beginnings of uh, climate science, with the beginnings of geology, uh, the beginnings of um, a lot of science that was, that was occurring in the early 1800s. The Little Ice Age was a period that... that um, evolved over several phases. The first phase of it began um, in the early to mid-1300s. It was not uniform all over the world. In some places, it began sooner than at other places. In some places, it, it was more severe. But we can basically say that from about 13, 
early 1300s to the mid 1300s, the climate shifted fairly dramatically from what had uh, the previous three or four centuries that had been referred to as the medieval warm period. You basically have to flatten the curve. So that means you have to flatten out the medieval warm period. You have to make the medieval warm period cooler, and you have to make the Little Ice Age warmer. And this and is what you they're do doing? That, yeah. It goes from medieval warm period up here, Little Ice Age here, flattening it out like this. And then you stick um, basically instrumented records, At which are end. subjecting yeah. to yeah. adjustments, onto a proxy record. So that really the, the 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 blade of the hockey stick is the instrumental record, which has uh, a lot of uncertainties and questions about it. Like, uh, for example, we could talk about the uh, urban heat island effect and the failure to to account fully account for that in looking at the modern record. While you look for that slide, I'm going to read a yeah. read something from the IPCC in 2001. So this is 20 years ago now. Yep. And and this is what I don't get is how they can just flip flop. Uh, they can officially say one thing and then, you know, now they're just fear mongering constantly for the last 20 years. But it says in climate research and modeling, we should recognize that we are dealing with a coupled nonlinear chaotic system and mm-hmm. therefore that the long term prediction of future climate states is not possible. And there's a survey of these modelers and it shows that they tuning this tuning that they do to these models Mm-hmm. is often unavoidable but a dirty part of climate modeling. And this is right from the IPCC. All the rest of them, when you, when you look at it, I put it in the form of a graph here. And oh, there this we go, yeah. State high temperature records by decades. The last record set was Connecticut in 1995. In 2006, South Dakota tied its all-time record high up from 1936. As of November 2009, no state high temperature records have been broken for 14 years, and that still holds true today. All right, so if we go back, the time times 1,000 years, this is 400,000 years ago, okay. and this is the present. Now, okay. this is an older graph, but it's, it's, uh, and it's somewhat smooth because there are a lot of smaller oscillations that are not showing up in here, but the overall trends hold true. And what we see here is the troughs are basically full glacial ages, and the peaks are interglacial ages, such as we're in right now. And you can see that the, con- that the climate here is constantly oscillating back and forth. But where it gets really interesting is when you take this graph and you go back to the uh, beginning of the Holocene, and then you extend it back a couple of hundred thousand years. Oh, yeah, years. that's oh, what boy. I want to see. Yeah. This is where it and gets crazy. You look at the magnitude of these climatic oscillations compared to what of the last 10,000 years. And yeah. Wow. So there were two extreme warming events. And um, so, yeah, the Baling Alarod was at about 15,000 years ago. Then there was this first warming spike, which was, uh, I would uh, <clears throat> conjecture. Um, that this was associated with the first great catastrophic melting episode of the great ice complexes that, that yielded the first uh, big mega flood events. Um, and then, see, at 11,600, here's the Younger Dryas, and then at 11,600 years ago is what we now consider the beginning of the Holocene. The idea that the elliptical shape of the Earth's orbit means that it's sometimes it's farther away from the sun. Like right now, 
the Earth is actually closer to the sun on January 2nd, right? So if, if it was reversed and the Earth was farther away from the sun on January 2nd, that means we'd have colder winters than we do now. And warmer summers. And then also the fact that, you know, when the northern hemisphere is tilted towards the sun, there's more land relative to ocean. <laughs> this has this has a, a, you know, because the land has a higher albedo than the ocean, it's going to be reflecting more. Let's go on here. Here's two sets of CO2 concentrations in gas recovered from the bird ice core, also from Antarctica. And... We go back again. Here's your depth, your assigned age, 1,000 back to 40,000 years ago, right here. And here it shows the assumed fluctuation in the amount of carbon dioxide. Now, what's what's really interesting here about this is when you look at this, you're looking here over here. You're, you're looking at 20,000 years ago. You, you follow this over. You're looking at carbon dioxide down to 180 parts per million. Now, you know what happens at 180 parts per million? Basically, photosynthesis is, is in the process of shutting down. So here's, this was a study done from 1939 to 1941. The CO2 concentrations in Germany, and this is, this is based upon stomatal densities. And look here, here's your CO2 in parts per million, right? So now if you go back in days and decades, so... This is basically the period of, of, of two years, right? And look at the concentrations of CO2. It's not holding steady. It's quite dynamic. Mm. And then we actually look at this peak right here that would have occurred around 1940, come across 550 parts per million. Here's another uh, study um, based upon leaves that were dated from 1863 to 1864. This is in the Baltic Sea area. And again, what we see here is the carbon dioxide concentrations are fluctuating pretty wildly. And we see this peak up here is showing 400 parts per million, which supposedly we did not uh, exceed until within the last decade. But here it is showing back in 1863, 1864, that you've got numbers up there equivalent to what we assumed late, 20, late 20th and early 21st century. And then the temperature graph in the bottom right-hand corner shows that it doesn't look like there's a correlation between temperature and CO2 levels? Yeah, this is the temperature of the IPCC, and this is showing at 1860 right here. And what you see here is your temperature is the blue, the blue line, and your carbon dioxide is the purple line. One thing that becomes apparent from studying this graph is this, throughout the Pleistocene epoch on Earth, the period encompassing the, the past 2.6 million years of ongoing glacial ages, carbon dioxide concentrations have been at their lowest in all of Earth history since Precambrian times. Only since the end of the Great Ice Age, 11 to 12,000 years ago, did concentrations begin to rise from their depressed Pleistocene state and only within the past century have they risen to more normal amounts when looked upon within the larger context of Earth history. When we talk about glacier recession, as it's going on now, our context is basically the last 100 years, 150 years. And our baseline is the Little Ice Age. And 
what he said and what Hubert Lamb said in 1981 has been confirmed over and over by subsequent studies that the, the mass of the Little Ice Age glaciers was probably the greatest on this planet in 10,000 years. So if we're going to be talking about, oh, let's measure, you know, reduction in, in glacier mass, but our baseline is going to be the most extensive mass increase of glacier ice on the planet in 10,000 years right there. You see how that begins to bias yep. our assumptions? Yep. And I mean, it could, I could go on with this. I mean, I have, we've looked at what, a couple of dozen slides here. I have about 2,000 slides <laughs> addressing wow. various aspects of the climate question. All right, we got Micah Dank back in Gray America. He's the author of the Into the Rabbit Hole series, an astrotheologist and Bible decoder, and of course, podcast aficionado. I think we're like number three on his on his list for today. So welcome back, buddy. Hey. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, you guys are two out of three. Two out of three. Yeah. 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 Thanks for jumping on early. We had a cancellation, and uh, we appreciate that. No, I appreciate it. It gives me a bigger break between the two and the three. Nice. Yeah, that's good. So I can decompress. I was actually, um, you remember uh, who, um, I'll save this for later. It's not a big deal. Um, So whatchamacallit, we were going to talk about uh, Illuminati hand symbols. Yeah, yeah. So are you guys familiar with them? Well, I'm only familiar with them through memes, right? I'm not really, mm-hmm. f- that's why I kind of wanted to talk about them. Cause I, it's something I'm sort of been interested in, but I've never really dug into them that much. I've seen that. I've read a little bit about them on the surface level or seen them through memes. And I, and then, I, and then I've never really believed what I've seen, you know, it's like, well, is that really true? Or, you know, you see all these people with their, with their I, hands in their pockets like and certain this, things. And I get and accused all. of yep, doing an Illuminati hand sign. Is when that do you one do of that? them? I always that's supposedly, like this. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> So what other ones do you guys know? Let me ask before well, we this, get into like, this. I, I, there's that one with the paw. Now, I, now I, like, I don't know if this is Illuminati or if this is Skull and Bones or other secret societies, but that or Freemason, like that one where they have their hand in their jacket with a thumb out. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't talk yeah. about that one. Yeah. That so one I'm not too sure about. So there's um, that. Then there's the eye, like the the the, the eye. We go, I go over that. Yeah, I go and over then, that. And then the triangle thing that you see. I mean, and it is weird when you see these videos and these celebrities and these people doing these things. You're like, well, are they just, I'm getting, I'm getting the feeling that they're just fucking with us now. They're just, they're just trolling everybody. I mean, now well, these, I, can gar- I can guarantee you this. I can guarantee you this. The celebrities that do them don't know their origin. Really? Okay. And the, uh, yes. And the truth of the matter is, is the origin of all these hand symbols come from very good places. Good. As in, what, do mean good? what do you mean? Where do you good? think the swastika comes from? Oh yeah. 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 I've heard about that one. Yeah. That's like an old, uh, Vedic thing, isn't it? Doesn't it go back to India or? Yeah, what, do you, what, what is it supposed to mean, though? Good luck or prosperity, I think. Right, but it goes back even further than that. It's all astrotheology. Wow. If you take the solstices and the equinox, okay, the two solstices and the two equinox during the year, and you were to take a picture of the Big Dipper, and you put those four pictures together, it forms a swastika. That's where that comes from. Wow. And what was his, what was his meaning back then? Or do we it, was just, it was just love and energy. Wow. And then, so it makes me wonder that they stole that, right? Like they kind of stole that from us. Like they steal all these other ones and, oh, that's what you mean by they're coming from good places, right? So these are all hijacked basically. Exactly. 
Like I was wondering if they hijacked, you know, they remember they were trying to figure out what to call ISIS, ISIL, ISIS, yeah. all that. And uh-huh. I thought they're, they're hijacking ISIS, the, the goddess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, every, a lot of things go back to ISIS worship too. Yeah. Um, the three gods then were ice in Egyptian times were ISIS, Ra and El. And you just put that together, you get Israel. That's where the name comes from. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Uh, is and it wasn't El plural too? I'm sorry? Isn't El and Elohim plural? Elohim, yeah. Elohim are the is, planets. Is the they, Ohim, they were the seven visible planets at the time the Bible was written. So That's is, what the Elohim are. Is the Ohim what adds the plural to it or the El? Ohim. Ohim. So El is God and Ohim is God's uh yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. That was a, that's what I thought it was, which is already mm-hmm. kind of crossing over into that book of Enoch stuff. Correct. Well, the book of Enoch is just an astrology book. With like, I actually did a nice I did a nice long conversation today with uh with Charlie Robinson from Macroaggressions about the book of Enoch. I Took us like an hour, an hour, an hour and change. Yeah, yeah. Charlie Robinson is an arch enemy around here. Just kidding. We love that guy. <laughs> um and then there's also like that, what seems to be like a UFO account in the book, you know, what, what do you, do you like, because that's like, I'm taking that now from Von Daniken's, um, whatever you want to call it. His version of it was that, uh, he sees this, he describes it as a craft landing, I believe. Right. That's what they say it is. But in reality, it's just a story. None of it's real. Well, what about the, the giants, though? I mean, what, what about the giants, though? I mean, the giant bones are being found everywhere. There's evidence, it seems, of giants the and giants dwarves and they all were this. Talking so. about, they were talking about giants, right? but all the characters in Enoch are just characters. Oh, okay. That's all they are. They're just metaphors. I see. I mean, so, to start with, are you guys familiar with the 666 hand symbol? I'm I'm familiar with the uh, it in some ways, not necessarily as a hand this symbol, one. but yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, do you know why it's the six six six? Um, no. It's six 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 because when you go like this, you get the six. Oh yeah, and, yeah, and the six, six and the six, yeah, yeah. six. Yeah. And then back in the day, they tried to say this was white power. Do you remember that yeah. that stupid thing on the news? Ugh. Now it's this way's white power. Wait, that's still a six. I fucking fooled myself. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Well, this, okay. Um, usually it's over the eye. Why is that? Um, this is supposed to be 666. But 666 is the number of the devil, right? Well, the devil doesn't exist. 666 is just the number of man. It's the mark of the beast. It's the mark of humanity. You know why? Because six is the sign of carbon. It's number six. Six protons, six neutrons, six electrons. Everything is carbon-based. The ancients knew this. That's where that comes from. And also, this, if I were to take, if I were to do this and go like this, do you know what this is? No. All you do is you rotate it. Yeah. You go, you go like this, and this is the lotus position in meditation. All That's right. where it comes from. So why over the eye, then? Because it's combining with this. It's a combination of a single uh, eye. Okay, okay, okay. <clears throat> like the all-seeing eye, basically? The all-seeing eye on the pyramid, right? They say it's Masonic. They say it's devil. They say it's evil. It's not. This 
goes back to the eye of Horus in the Egyptian times. And the eye of Horus was, have you ever seen the eye of Horus before? Yeah. Yeah. So basically if you take a sagittal cut of the human brain like this, it's the whole pineal in there and everything. And then you open it up like this. Yeah. Yeah. You'll see a pine cone shaped thing. That's where the pineal gland gets the name from pineal pine cone. Yeah. You'll see it. And then the eyebrow ridge on the Egyptian god Horus, that's the corpus callosum in the brain. Yeah. That's all it is. The ancients knew that the pineal was a portal. Yeah. Okay. So when you go like this, that's all it's talking about. It's talking about the one eye, and the one eye is the eye of Horus. Have you heard about the Kachari Mudra? Where you can put your tongue up into your pineal gland and start like licking the DMT from it, basically? I've never heard of that. I've never heard it's of that. It's fucking what fascinating. Yeah, it's called Kachari Mudra. You can put your tongue up. It's really hard to do. You can slice the little tendons in your tongue to get it up there better. I can't. My mine won't reach. But you talk about trying. you go through your hard palate. Uh, I think you get up close to the to the where the pineal gland sits, and you can sort of lick the juice. You go right up there with your tongue. And apparently wow. people have all kinds of crazy experiences and now they, they, they stretch. It takes a long, a lot of practice. choking to death on their tongue. No, no. I mean, dude, your pineal gland's there. They, I think they're, they've proven that the DMT's in the pineal gland. Like, why can't you? Well, they can't, they can't physically prove it because the, the DMT, so for people who don't know what DMT is, it's dimethyltryptamine. It's what is released by your, your it, it's released twice in your life. And the first occasion that it's released is when you're in heavy REM sleep. It causes you to dream. Some say it opens portals. The other time is right before you die, as your body's shutting down, your brain floods your body with DMT. That's where all of these um, mystic experiences like, come from. Mis- exactly. The white tunnel and everything. That's where all that comes from. It's the DMT going off. And uh, yeah, that's, that's basically it. It's a portal. The ancients knew it. That's what the Eye of Horus symbolizes. That's what all the ancients knew. That's the information they want to keep from you. That's why they fluoridate the water. Just, That's why they do. <laughs> I was just going to mention that. That's why they fluoridate the water. Exactly. That's why they do that because they want to keep it away from you. They want to keep this signal, this, 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 this ancient thing. But the reason you can't prove it is because it stops pumping. The only way to f- physically prove that it comes out of the pineal is if you were to open someone's brain out as they were dying or while they were dreaming. So you'd be able to see that happening. But the pineal gland is uh, piezochromatic too. So basically there's crystals in your brain, in the pineal gland, that slosh around in a liquid. Okay? And um, when you actually freeze it and hit it with a hammer, it, it just explodes into colors. It's wild. Holy shit, dude. Yeah. Piezochromatic. When you wow. freeze someone's pineal gland, and well, you wonder why in Egypt, yeah. well, and you wonder why in Egypt when they're walking around, like we did that show on the electric Egyptians, and they walk around with those static electricity carriers and shit like that, and they're electrifying the sperm, and maybe they're they're doing that with the pineal gland too. Mm-hmm. That's why they have cats everywhere. I mean, everything is. Uh, there's there's types of valerian grass that has uh, DMT. Um, in in. Uh, I forget it's frogs or certain reptiles. The yeah. DMT is actually a third eye. Uh, it has a retina, a cornea, and a lens. Wow, that's right. I heard something. It's about evolved. That. Yeah. It's evolved. Yeah. Um, you could do things to stimulate DMT production, like externally take melatonin, but you got to be careful when you take melatonin because you build up a tolerance to it. 
See, melatonin, melatonin naturally is produced in your brain, right? And what happens is when the sun goes down, you start to get a little sleepy. Yeah. That's a natural production because when yeah. the sun is not out, your brain naturally produces melatonin. Yeah, that's why the blue light's pre- so bad, right? Because your blue, your your melatonin levels go down with the blue light, mm-hmm. I guess, and you, your body thinks you're awake. Still, you're yep. supposed to be awake still. Exactly. Yeah. So why do the celebrities? So they don't know. Why do they do this? Are, are they just playing around, or why? Like they they might not know where they this stuff comes from. To but people are, who tell them what to do, they're signaling to people who tell them what to do. They go, you like the money you're making, you like the music you're making, you like being on top of the world, you like being famous, do this, make, do this, do that, just do that. There's countless pictures of them doing this. There's countless pictures of this. You know the this black one? guy yeah, yeah, that's fit the one, in there that's too? One. What's up? Does the black guy fit into that eye cover and somehow? That's the black eye club. I am... Uh, I'm still looking into that, but there seems to be something significant there. And if anything, I think it's just signifying the one eye. It's just going back to Horace. It's just been perverted and made evil. So it's in some sort of initiation where they're just probably giving you Mm -hmm. like a black eye, basically. Exactly. And that one, the one that that's the one that Darren says he gets accused of doing this one. Yeah. This one that Jay-Z does. Sometimes they do it over one eye. But it's usually like this. Are you guys familiar with this symbol? Well, yeah. The Spock? Yeah. And Nanu, okay. Nanu, right? Orc from Orc or whatever his name is. Yeah. When you do this yeah. and you combine it like this, this is an ancient Jewish Kohanim priest blessing on the congregation called the Benediction. That's where it's been modified from. Wow. This blesses the congregation this is what the 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 rebel priests the 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 rabbis would do to the congregation to bless them two thousand years ago and they still do it in temples to this day um in certain temples that is but basically they just took it made it this and then they said rock nation but in reality it's this this is the original pure symbol okay you see how it's like the same thing basically and why do they repurpose older good symbols um, instead of making their do, own like why can't they just make their own because own? they build they build a myth and an aura around it right okay they build a myth already. and an aura and a new story around it that people it's a fear control people see these symbols and they just point it out and then they go to the internet and they start talking about it but in reality i've given you three so far and the first three all come from very positive. I'm sorry, I gave you the swastika too. That's four. Yeah. The first four all come from a very positive place. And when you do this, you can't take away the initial meaning of it. Right. Like the ancient meaning is this. Okay, this is the blessing. This doesn't change anything. It only changes because people are ignorant and don't know what it means. So you've got the original blessing with you as well when you do that, plus plus exactly. the, plus the added sort of cultural perceptional change. Exactly. Right. That's exactly what it is. Huh. And they're using it as a signal, like you said. So they're so they're getting some power out of it, but they're also signaling to those others that that they're on board. That they're on board. That they're that they're still they're still working. Exactly. They're still doing their part. Exactly. It's interesting though, right? Oh, like they all come from hidden places. Yeah, it's fascinating. So what's uh, what's number five? This one. Oh. Oh, oh, that's sad, sad man. That's that, rock and roll. 
I know that. See, I don't one. want that to be taken over. That's rock and roll. Or what is it? That's like yeah, the devil ears, isn't it? The devil horns? The devil horns or the University of Texas Longhorns. <laughs> this comes from the Apana Mudra. You were talking about the Mudra before. Yeah. This is the Apana Mudra. It's for purification. It purifies the individual physically from toxins and sheds negative energies you might be holding. That's why all the tiny little Italian women in Italy come up to you like this. They're not wishing the devil on you. This is a ble- this is a purification. It's a symbol. It's like uh it's like the Italians with the horn that basically blocks the uh oh what's it called? The Maloki. Right? This is a, this is a symbol of, of peace. Hmm. that's fascinating and it's been again like sort of taken over well i don't know i still use that as a piece with my buddies i mean that that one i feel like still has some thing there because i feel like when you do that to your buddies you're not like it's more of a piece yeah rock on brother yeah so like that so do you feel like that one's kind of what do you think holds that do you think that's like uh ancient knowledge or some sort of weird genetic memory that we, that we still hold on to those as good symbols. What do you mean? Well, because it's like, memory like, yeah, like, uh, that symbol you just showed us with the, the devil horns or whatever that everyone's Mm -hmm. like doing at rock concerts or doing with their buddies when they're all hanging out or the band's doing it to the crowd. And I just feel like that one's not never done, but this was never done before kiss came. Oh, is that kiss Kiss. who, who did that? Kiss did this the first time because they saw this. Their roadies used to do this. They used to have, um, what do you call them? Gypsies in their roadies. And they used to do this. And they thought it was great. So they started doing this at concerts and it took off from there. <laughs> so Kiss started all that? Yep. Motherfuckers. Rock, rock and roll all night. And they were probably day. made by uh, the establishment. I mean, if there's ever a band that seems like it was made, it's Kiss. I mean... <laughs> I don't know if they were made, to be honest with you, but they damn sure commercialized it the first way. Yeah, like, with, like they're action like action figures s- and super commercialized. Painting. I mean, don't forget, guys, if we didn't have Kiss, we wouldn't have the insane clown posse. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> hey, before I forget that Kachari Mudra, it was based on a story about Jesus going through the in like traveling through India and learning, basically being a yogi, learning how to be a yogi, mm-hmm. which you might be interested in as well with. Uh, your religious mm-hmm. religious scholarship. Interesting. Yeah, it's pretty fascinating. There's, there's, they say there's a whole bunch of evidence that he got to this enlightened state through being a yogi and taught people how to do this Kachari Mudra. Wow. Oh, someone in the chat said the monkeys yeah. might have been doing that too. Licking, the monkeys. Licking their well, the monkeys, we know, were, we we're know the monkeys were put together corporately. Yeah. Oh, the monkeys. That the the monkeys were doing. Someone in the chat said Kiss or the monkeys were doing the, yeah, yeah. the same symbol. Huh. Was the monkeys mm-hmm. before Kiss now or after? They must no, they're bef- before, right? No, the monkeys Kiss, were in the 60s. The and, monkeys were in the 60s. And Kiss, Kiss was, 70s? was in the 70s. Yeah. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. Who the fuck did we have on for yeah, the monkeys? The Shakespeare guy, yeah, right? Isn't yeah. he the monkeys guy? Yeah. This is like yeah. one of the all-time Alan best Green, episodes. Right? Alan Green, Alan right? Green yeah. number two, 207, was the guy that was like the roadie for the monkeys yeah. Yeah. who turned out to be the guy who's in the process of proving that Shakespeare doesn't exist. He's been on the show several times. Something interesting about the Bible and Shakespeare. So the King James Bible came out in 1611, okay? That was the year that the King James Bible came out, 1611. Okay. 
And at that time, Shakespeare would have been 46 years old and he had a hand in, um, in translating the Bible, and he left a clue in it that people just recently found out. If you go to Psalm 46, remember he was 46 years old, right? Yeah. If you go to Psalm 46, the 46th word from the top is shake. <laughs> no And way. the 46th word from the bottom is spear. Oh, come on. Nice. Oh, that's fantastic. I love that stuff. I mean, that, that Alan Green, he was decoding some of the Shakespeare's oh, work like that. that and stuff that got on the related cover. to the pyramid and all this stuff. And and now, I mean, you know, hopefully he's got to know about that. I one. forget that's all that stuff just on the cover of the So that makes you question the King James Version then too, right? Doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, the King James Version was entirely, well, I would say like 90% of it was borrowed from like 70 years before from a guy named William Tyndale. Okay. And he was the one under King George who was commissioned to translate the Bible from Latin to English. Cause remember before then the Bibles used to be in Latin so that the common people couldn't read it, right. let alone the fact they couldn't read and they actually used to hog tie or chain the Bibles to the pews in the church. And what the priests used to do is they would hand out little slips of paper telling you what a translation means. So they give you like a verse and they tell you what it means. They would tell you what to think about it. Complete narrative. And we think censorship's bad now. I mean, mm -hmm. or we have a narrative now. It's, you know, they just, nobody could read. They just give you a piece of paper and say, Hey, you can read these words. This is what it means. Oh, it was a huge problem. Cause then you had, and then when it, when, I mean, whatever we were process we were in, in our evolution, you had that, at that time, the people who can read are pretty much the priests. And then, you know, they get caught countless times scraping off parchments and writing new stuff. So it seems like all this land was left to the church by this guy and left by that guy. I mean, it's it's an awful mess. It's an awful mess. I wouldn't mind just kind of being able to time travel back. time travel, and just see what actually happened. Because, I <laughs> yeah. mean, I'm, I'm at the point now where it's like everything outside of like, I don't even know, my <laughs> lifetime. <laughs> Or at least anything further back than two or three hundred years seems like it could be so manipulated. It's not even funny at this point. So how far, how far back do some of these other symbols go then? What's the original I mean, symbol? What's the what? What's the oldest symbol? Is that the six? The, swast the swastika would be up there. I mean, the swastika is like eight thousand years old, six to eight thousand years old. They were just looking at the stars and they were coming up with this shit. Um, you know this one? Have you seen this? Have you seen pictures of Jesus or yeah, Baphomet doing yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. Doesn't that mean With two loser? fingers up? Doesn't that mean loser? This? No, well, I mean, I that's this. Yeah. I think. Yeah, that's this. But this is two fingers. That's cap a double. You look, at you look at pictures of Jesus. Any, you Google pictures of Jesus. You'll see the following information on the pictures of Jesus. Any picture of Jesus, white Jesus, you'll see. <clears throat> you'll see the fingers up like this. Okay, you'll see that he's white and his specific white face. It's like the same face in every picture. You'll always see the heart outside his body. And you'll always see a, a, a crown of thorns. Okay, he does almost around, always have those fingers up. Yeah, around this. And I'll tell you what those is. First of all, the heart, I'm sorry, the crown of thorns represents the rays of the sun. Because Jesus is the sun. You'll always notice in pictures of Jesus, if you want to look at that picture again, um, that the sun is always behind his head, just like it is with pictures of Horus. 
because he's the son. Every cartoon picture of Jesus or every picture of Jesus always has a son behind his head or a son with the cross on it. Okay. How, how is that? How does that mean the crown of thorns? It's a metaphor. Okay. It's a metaphor. It's the, the crown of thorns. Jesus had the crown of thorns on his head when he was uh, crucified. Yeah. It's a metaphor for the, for the sun's rays. Okay. Okay. Then the heart outside the body that represents the human toroidal field. Have you heard of the Taurus yeah, field? Yeah. Yeah, your yeah, heart? yeah. 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 The okay, electromagnetic so field of your heart. The, yep. The Taurus field outside of your heart is, uh, it radiates six feet. In fact, some people call it an aura. Yeah. But what it is, is it's a six feet uh, biochemical electrical gradient that comes out of your body. That's why the elites try and keep everyone six feet apart. Is because, like, you guys are within six feet of each other. Whether you know it or not, your heart's toroidal fields are communicating with one another on a submolecular level. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. dude, we had the heart math guys on, like, six, seven years ago. It was fantastic. You know, you mm-hmm. can shift that, right? By your state of being can shift that, that yeah. field, right? Well, some people, I've, I've heard in other circles, some people say 60 feet, but I, I tend to believe six feet. Right. And that's why the elites are trying to keep you more than six feet apart. It's to isolate you, it's to keep your energy apart. You know, like when someone comes up behind you and you get that feeling, it's because they broke your six feet barrier. You, you could feel them. It's not, a, it's, not a, it's not a cognitive sense, so to speak, that you could explain. It's more of a physical thing. It's, it, right. We're electrochemical. It's like Walter Russell says, we're electrical chemical. Right. I'm sorry, electromagnetic, electromagnetic. Everything is either electricity or magnetism. But lastly, you see this, right? He has this up like this. Okay. This is an ancient comedic peace sign. And when I say comedic, I mean the ancient Egyptian peace sign. Okay. The fingers together, it's peace. This, the victory, the British war sign, that's what it is. This is not a peace sign. This is this has been flipped in its meaning. When you see people giving up the peace sign, even though their intentions are good, they're actually flipping up a war sign. If you want to actually bless somebody, you do this. Hmm. This is a peace sign. And where does that come from? Like, how did they come up with that to be peace? I don't know where they came from it, but it comes from the Egyptians. Come back. It all stems back to there too, like the Egyptian mystery schools or something. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. And so, why does Baphomet do that? Because he's peaceful. Because he's not evil. Huh. I know people in your chat are going to go, what the fuck? No, but yeah. I promise you, I promise you, I, I explained this in my sixth book. I deconstruct Luciferianism and Satanism because that too has been flipped. Yeah. It serves a purpose to believe yeah. that they're literal yeah. and that they're evil. It serves a purpose, but they're not. There's a book written uh, by Anatoly France in the 1800s that the church, the Vatican actually banned, and they used to burn the books when they found it. It's called the Revolt of the Angels. It's the story of Lucifer's fall and his rebellion against God and him trying to take the kingdom back over. They used to have shit like this all the time, okay, where they paint a different light on Lucifer, on, yeah. on Satan. For example, Satan, okay, in Hebrew, hashatan, which is the word for it, okay, just means adversary. And anybody that thinks any differently is full of shit. It just means adversary. So two basketball teams playing each other are Satan's. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what they're called. That's what they're called. It's Satan. Okay. Lucifer is the being of light. He's the light bringer. He's yeah. the morning star. And the morning star is actually Venus. And why is it the morning star? Because when you come out and you, you ever like come out early in the morning to have a cigarette or just like do something and you come outside and you see the sun starting to come up. So you kind of see the blue in the sky a little bit. 
that very early sunrise, if you look above it, above the sun, you'll see a very bright light in the sky. And that's Venus. It's Lucifer. It announces the arrival of God's sun, S-U-N, every single day. And that's what it does. And Lucifer is also known as the morning star. Lucifer is mentioned in the book of Genesis right away, not by name, but by action. Genesis 1-3, God said, let there be light. How is there going to be light if you don't have a designated light bearer? Light bringer. So Lucifer is already mentioned there. Okay. Jesus in John 22, 16 says, I am the root offspring of David and I am the bright morning star. Jesus calls himself the morning star. The morning star is Lucifer. Okay. Lucifer is not an evil entity. Now you have to understand is that Lucifer and Satan are neither are not real, but metaphorically they're not evil if you understand the history behind it. Except that they're okay, also, but they're also hijacked then by it seems like secret organizations or organizations that are using it for sort of evil symbolism, or at least to trick us into thinking that there's something. Well, it serves like, a purpose, right? It serves a purpose, right? It scares the shit out of people and makes them stay in line. You know, um, when you're talking about Satan and you're when you're talking about hell, hell's supposed to be a flaming inferno, right? A burning inferno. Well, hell is actually, astrotheologically, on Earth, it's winter. The word inverno in Italian means winter. That's inferno. Inverno, inferno. Okay? Winter in Italian. Dante Alighieri, in his Divine Comedy, I don't know if you guys have read it. No. You've never read Dante? No. But you know about it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who? So, like, the levels of hell and how everyone's punished? He knew this, and this is in the 1300s. He knew this. In the bottom level of hell, you have Satan, the physical Satan, okay? Not the metaphorical Satan, but the physical Satan at the bottom of hell, in the bottom layer. And he is frozen up to his waist in ice. He can't move. And it's because first he's chewing Brutus. He has three three heads. And he's chewing Brutus and Cassius, the ones who... um, betrayed caesar and he's chewing on judas iscariot backwards okay so he's chewing on the three of them for all eternity he's frozen up to his waist in a lake full of ice the wings on him are beating so fast that it can't the the lake won't thaw so he even knew that winter was hell hell is winter winter was hell hell does not on winter doesn't grow anything. It's cold. The sun is not out. God's sun goes away. He's hiding. You know, it's dark constantly. Yeah, Nothing yeah. grows out of the ground. Yeah. You know, people get sick. You know, hell is winter. That's all hell is. Hell has been inverted for people to believe is a fiery pit of hell. But let me ask you a question. How do you sense pain in the human body? Ow. It hurts. Well, no. What 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 causes you to sense pain? Nerves, nerve endings. When you die and your body disintegrates, you don't have nerve endings anymore. How is your soul going to burn in a fiery pit of hell and cause you pain? Yeah, it seems to have something to do with the north as well. The coming of the you know the whole Norse thing about the north and beyond the north and beyond the north wind. Mm-hmm. Hyperborea, maybe. I mean, it's it seems like there's all these ancient, ancient things that sort of combine until we repurpose it all and swap it all around. Yeah. So, so far, everything that I've given you all has positive origins. Yeah. 
See, the thing is, is that what you do is you invert something and then you spread it. And that's the best way to do it. Because then it really confuses people. Because I don't know if you've ever heard, the elites have something that they have to do. It's called revelation of the method. Yeah. Have you ever heard that? Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Revelation of the method where basically they can do whatever the fuck they want to us, but they have to tired. show us. Yeah. Yeah. They have to show us in music. They have to show us in like Super Bowl halftime. They have to show us just in general. Right. And that's because the reason they do that is because karma is the only true law in the world, aside from mathematics, not the world, the universe. It was written by mathematics in mathematics. Okay which is a universal language, okay? And karma is the other one. So if you do something to someone and they don't know about it, basically they're saying, if we show you something and you accept it, and, and you accept it or you don't do anything about it, then it's on you. It's because like the vampire. Is it... is they, Go ahead. They have, to off, they have to offset the karma. That's what they have to do. They have to offset the karma. It's okay, like the vampire, order, because, vampire getting let inside the door. Like you have to, you have to invite him in. So he's revealing the method in a way you've, you've invited him in. Now he can have his way with you. Exactly. Now my last symbol that I wanted to talk about is the upside down cross. Now, what do you guys think the upside down cross is? Um, I'm not sure. A curse. Curse. Okay. Just, what else? I'm just guessing. Well, I mean, I know that there's some really powerful people wearing it supposedly, and it's supposed to mean Upside something down. bad. Yeah. Isn't? Uh, I'm not gonna Bill say the name. Gates's wife <laughs> wearing upside down cross. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Melinda. Him. Melinda. <laughs> Melinda Gates. Um, it's supposed to be satanic, right? Yeah. You see satanists do that, but most satanists don't know what the fuck they're talking about either the upside down cross comes from a good place now it's a metaphorical place but it's a good place okay in the bible you familiar with how saint peter was killed no i don't remember saint peter said he was not fit to be crucified in the same manner as his lord and savior so he said to invert him the upside down cross is the cross of saint peter it was a pure act of love and respect and devotion that he was crucified upside down. The Satanists have just taken that to mean it more. Because it's an inverted cross, so they use that inversion right. again. Yeah. In the same way that most religious people don't know the history of this kind of shit, Satanists don't know it either. Everybody just plays the part. Everyone just plays their part because they don't know the true history. It's been so muddied that you have to go back so many years and you have to read a lot to get to this kind of stuff. But basically, all the signs that I've given you so far, okay, all of them go back to a good place. That's what they are, and that's what their intentions are, because the intentions are always good. Okay? It takes good to be perverted in order to become something else. Something doesn't just start off as evil. That's not a thing. Something starts off as good, and then it's inverted and perverted. Oh, that's interesting. You don't think it's a, it starts off at evil at all? It's always good intentions that turn evil through what corruption and power and all that. It's exactly what it is. That's fascinating. I've never really thought about it like that. So, but why why wasn't there it back then? I mean, why wasn't I mean there there was still secret societies trying to control things, trying to take over other people, other societies. There's always right, but what been did they this. Use? What did they use? They used positive things and they inverted it that's what they did 
There's always been secret societies. There's always been people trying to take over because that's human nature. But they were we never... live in a free, we live. The reason Earth is so special is because our planet, our realm that we're in, is a free will zone. Right. Okay. That's that's the reason behind the evil in it. People say things like, you know, how can a child be left starving? How is there a fair God? God has nothing to do with it. God created Earth as a free will zone. There's other zones in the universe that are not free will. Okay, that's why you know they 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 come here. That's why they come here is because we're in a free will zone where you could do what you want. And the first act of doing what you want in the Bible is defying God and eating the apple. That's why that's the first story because it's 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 the free will. So even when you go back to the original symbols and when you go back to they're they're always sort of perverted then. They're always they start out oh. good but they're always kind of yep. perverted true free will and the desire to control or to Meanwhile, people go on their message boards every time they see like little Nas X with the shoe covering one eye and they say how it's Illuminati and this and that. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah, but I mean, what? so what is that then? Because it does, it does seem like That's why the would they, but why That's would they? That's the PSYOP. Yeah. That's the PSYOP. That's what they do. That's the PSYOP because pe- there's enough people that still believe in that shit. But it, so what is, but what, okay, there's a power behind what they're doing. Is it just a marketing ploy? Is there, is this a sing, a signal yeah. again? It's a signal again. Yeah, it's a signal. It's a marketing ploy. Absolutely. That's what it is. And then, and then it's a troll. Ultimately it's a troll on all these people yep. that jump down on the internet. Yep. And I mean, I mean, it is pretty weird yep. when you look, when you, when you think about it, I it's would pretty totally weird. Troll I mean, they're, going so, they're going so deep on these trolls. I mean, Sometimes I, I could see myself being a troll. Just, I mean, I mean, you look at the China opening of the opening Olympics in China. What was it? 2012. I mean, it's like a basic uh, coronavirus. Plan. About, I mean, oh. it's, it's unbelievable. And then the CERN stuff sometimes. Too, oh, right? it's crazy. It's crazy. Do you watch any of the certain things? Do you watch all that weird? Because that's the stuff that we always get sent. And it's like, oh, look at these. That's, you know, the halftime, the CERN show. Uh, I'm thinking there's another one, the Olympics. Those seem to be the big ones yeah. that people say are these Illuminati showcases. Right, where they sh- where they show you what's going to happen. Because they have to show you. And most people only catch it in the aftermath. <laughs> So can you know, we it's op- always, can it's I opt hindsight. out somehow? Have I opted out? What do you mean? Well, like, how do I not participate? participate? Or not be affected? Is not participating. Get I'm not me affected out- by this shit. Yeah, does it just get be, me just, out of just, it? Just, just know what I tell you. I mean, I'm not saying that I have all the answers, okay? Yeah. I'm just saying is that <laughs> when I explain to you guys, when I explain to you guys, I don't want that to come off horrible. I don't yeah, want yeah, no, no, it doesn't. Yeah, no, we, we get it. But when I explain to you where these signs come from and they come from a good place, okay, see that people are doing it because they're misled and don't understand the history and nature of it. Yeah. And then let it slide. Yeah. It's it's not. Oh, the yeah. No, I don't get that. It's not. It. And it's not worth the headache. I mean, little Nas X is not worth the headache. I get that. It's not worth the attention. I guess what my concern is more, how do I not opt in on their Illuminati bullshit that they're trying to show me is just not agreeing with it or not watching it or like, does that save my soul on a metaphysical level? No, I mean, there's people fucked. like, Isaac, there's people like Isaac Weishaupt who devote their time and life to decoding this Illuminati stuff. But what does it bring at the end? 
It doesn't bring any kind of change. You just ignore it. It has no bearing on your karma if you ignore it. You can watch the Super Bowl, see it, and just be like, that's interesting. And ignore it. Don't let it. It's like a bag of bricks that you carry. Just set it down. It's not going to weigh anymore on you. Yeah, but when they come around with a jab jab, and they're basically forcing you to do shit that they've been planning for decades, how do you opt out of that? I mean, you can't just ignore it. It gets to a point where, you know, like in the the Second World War, like, yeah, I mean, but I mean, it's... This stuff's happened over history, over and over and over again. Genocides and takeovers and countries and, and secret societies. Will. It always will. It always will. You decide your level of, of involvement in that is what it basically boils down to. Yeah. I mean, like when I saw the little, the little Nas X thing, I just laughed. Because I saw the same old symbols that are just being reused. I haven't seen you know it I mean? yet. No, I didn't see it. I just saw, actually, I saw your tweet about it saying, you know, relax. Oh, it's yeah, basically yeah. what I see, which is my take on it all, is just fucking relax. I, I haven't yeah. seen that stuff, but there's something to it, because it seems like the people, now there's two, there's two sort of factions of that. There's the factions that are are freaking out about everything on the internet right now. And, and the, mm-hmm. you know, the, and they feed that fire. That's why they keep doing the, it. Yeah. On the one. Yeah. You ever, like when a child is screaming, like you ignore him after a while, he goes away. That's what will happen. Yeah. People just understand this. So there's that aspect of it. And then there also seems to be that aspect that the people that are caught up in it or are still sort of believing with the, the TV and the movies and the Hollywood, or I don't even know how to mm-hmm. sort of quantify that. But mm-hmm. I mean, you know what I mean? They're, they're like sort yeah, of still of in, in the fucking matrix and there seems yep. to be like that sort of level to it is that we're, I mean, maybe just not being in the matrix is good enough. Maybe that's karma mm-hmm. related. It is. It is. You live your life. It's very free. Knowledge is the important part. Okay. Knowledge is the important part. If you see a focus on something, chances are you're being misled. If all the cameras are on one thing, there's a good chance you're being misled in some way. Yeah. Uh, It's like what they say. um, When a major news story breaks, see what Congress is doing behind the behind the scenes when they're not getting media coverage. See what bills they're passing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Don't be distracted by like Trudeau and blackface. That stuff is nonsense. Yeah. But I mean, like you, you were about to say. Because I'm like, how do you opt out of some of this stuff? I mean, every there's times in history when people get tricked into boxcars or tricked into, you know, whatever. They get mm-hmm. burned at the stake or they get taken over or killed. Like, how do you, how do you, you know, opt out of that? Because this um, seems to be leading down to that, that road. There's, there's something going on if you, here. If you have convictions, um, I usually don't talk controversial things like vaccines, 9-11 or politics. Right. Because it's just it's just going to hurt my book sales. And yeah, yeah, people yeah, yeah. don't people don't really care about my opinion anyway, except for like the esoteric stuff. Yeah, but um, there are people, there are groups of people that fight against this, and it's not going to be mandatory. It's not going to be mandatory. They can't do that. Yeah, and and that's good to know because I, I we don't necessarily want to get down that road either. But I was asking from kind of a metaphysical or esoteric perspective, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, personally, I don't watch the news. You know, if enough people talk about a story and I see it on my Twitter or Facebook, that's fine. But as far as like all these hand symbols and like Luciferianism, Satanism, astrology, the Bible being astrology book, 
um, all that kind of stuff. I talk about that in my series, in my six book series. That's all I talk about. And they're thrillers. They're really fun to read. They're like Dan Brown all yeah. over again. Yeah. They're like, um, like the lost symbol, like Da Vinci code, that kind of stuff. Angels and demons. It's that kind of stuff. Only it's real. Whereas Dan Brown was more of a fictionalized kind of person. I put the truth in fiction because you can get away with a lot more when you do that. Yeah. And my last book, my sixth book, basically breaks down Satanism and Luciferianism to what it truly is. I mean, if you take a look at where we're at compared to where the ancients seem to have used to have been, especially, you know, leading up to that time where you've got the Romans doing amazing things. Before that, you got the Egyptians doing amazing things. You've got people, Lebanese people doing amazing things. You got people in Peru doing amazing things. And then you have the BC AD Christ thing, you know, where whatever we call that. I mean, I remember when BC used to be before Christ and AD was after death or whatever. Obviously, that's bullshit. But I mean, it's, AD was actually uh, Anno Domini, which yeah. means the same thing, but that's what it, yeah. But you can almost see where it spins into like the last 2,000 years, if you want to follow the conventional timeline, haven't been fucking really that great for the populace at large. So you can almost look at, at the the coming up of Christianity and the cramming down of of Satanism, and I'm not I'm not a Satanist or a Luciferianist or anything like that. I'm just a pagan. So um, you can almost maybe that's the same thing <laughs> to it. But anyway, you can almost look at it as being the opposite way around. Like if you want to talk about Lucifer being a light bringer, well, it hasn't been very bright for the last couple thousand years. If anything, well, you got to understand where... too. You also have to understand is is that slavery was always a thing. It still is. It's not in the United States. It's not in Canada, but it's still a thing in the world. Okay, the Egyptians had slaves. Everybody had slaves. You know that's not a very good thing if you're born into that. You know, there's a thing in social sciences called chronological ethnocentrism. And what that basically means is just a fancy way of saying that we're the furthest along in the timeline and the history of everything. Okay. And we're so the most everyone advanced, behind yeah. us are basically cavemen. They're idiots. They didn't know what they were doing. And that's just simply not true. We have to get out of that mindset. Okay. They had, they had their own problems, but they had different ways of doing it. That's all that is. So back in the in that time, in those ancient times where people couldn't read, the profane weren't allowed in the secret societies. They couldn't read. The only way they got to know things are word of mouth, probably, or from the, mm -hmm. the church or the king or whatever, or from mm -hmm. little rumors. But now we've got this knowledge that everybody has. They're at their fingertips, and it's amplifying the mystery. And what you see what they're doing with it? They're, they're, they're putting out this information. Like this, like this. They're keeping you busy chasing that shit. Yeah. When in reality, ignore it. It comes from a good place. That's all. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. We could be. We should be looking in, inside. You know, figuring out how to make mm -hmm. ourselves better. That's, that's a good idea. Yeah. yeah, it's fascinating. But we've we've never had. I mean, that's why I think there's a real metaphysical power going on here with everybody's ability to look into the stuff and to see the stuff and to follow each other and. Where you never had that before. People didn't know what anything about that before. And I think they're used. So it, I guess it's like they're using it to their advantage, but we can use it as well. People are also waking up. I mean, it seems like a push and pull here. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah. People are waking up slowly. But people are waking up. There's just a lot of disinformation out there. 
because what do you do when everything's at your fingertips? You have to, you have to make it confusing. So you don't know what you're looking at. And there's people that see these hand symbols like this or like this. And they're just like, Oh my God, I know what that means. Most people would just glance by it and not even notice a thing, you know, but they don't even know what they're talking about. It's not where this, this stuff comes from. Do you think, uh, do you think this white power thing is directly related to that? Because I mean, that's really in the last, cause I mean, even when I was a kid, this was still, you know, you try and get your buddy to look at it and, uh, you poke the finger in it. I get to punch you. If you don't, you punch me. Yeah, type yeah, thing. Yeah, so that was always a game when we were a kid. Now in the last couple <laughs> of years, yeah. In the last couple of years, they've been sort of trying to say, this is a white power. What do they call because it? Because they whistle? changed the narrative. They changed the narrative. So is that they strictly against that symbol, do you think? Yeah, they changed the narrative of the symbol. You know, and people just eat it up. They hear about someone making the symbol at a baseball game, and then everyone's just so outraged. People, an individual is smart, okay? But groups of people are dumb as shit, and everybody knows that. That's why the news still works so well. Okay, because people just follow it. People have an hour in their day. At the end of the day, they're eating dinner. They watch the night news, and it tells them what to be scared of and what to do. And what to think. Who to hate. Mm-hmm. Yep. Paid for by Big Pharma. If you invite that into your life, if you invite that into your life, then you're welcoming what what it comes with. Okay? Just don't do that. But then we're... Just ignore it. and, and, And you feel like that's enough. Like, we're not stuck. So it's not the instance where we're, like, stuck on the back of a bus... With a bunch of mm-hmm. fucking maniacs yelling and screaming, drive towards the cliff, and me, you, and no, Grandma in the back just, saying, "Just let fucking me ask, stop." <laughs> let me ask you a question: Have you ever, have you ever, like, where you guys live with your neighbors or everything? Do you know if any of them ever want to go to war, or any of them ever just like your your average neighbor? You know, does he? No, he wants to be left alone. He wants yeah. to just do his own thing. Maybe have some beers with his neighbors. Maybe just go to the bar. He wants to do his own thing. Have his family, this and that. What they show you on TV and in the news and in this and in this is such a small percentage of what the world is really like. Okay. Look at, look at like a, a summer solstice Eve at, uh, at Stonehenge and see how many people turn out to see that. Look at, um, Burning Man. Mound. look at how many people show up at Burning Man. You know, there's things that people don't talk about that just get so much underground attention. So is that a good thing? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. Those in a, in a way, it's in a way it's good because if that were to make the news, the news would try and manipulate it to an opinion. Because remember, everything is binary. Okay, it's either good or bad. You're either left or right, Republican, Democrat. Yeah, everything is binary. Anti-vaxxer, and they like to keep vaxxer. it that way. Yeah. And they yeah. like to keep it that way. The elites magic number is fifty. Fifty percent one way, fifty percent another way. Okay. As long as you can keep everyone fighting. That's why I don't get involved. That's why I don't, that's why I don't get involved with politics is because what's the point? What is the point? You know, you're you're fighting as hard as you can for, it doesn't affect me. My tweet today. Yeah, I know it does. Sometimes they make it seem like it does, but really when it comes down to it, all, all the politicians are doing the same thing right now. That's kind of what I've been arguing in a stint is that, is that, 
is that with this, with the trying to fucking make it seem everywhere like this, Vax is mandatory. Any and, and any way you should, like everywhere you look, whether it's the TV or the Twitter or the Facebook or the allegedly, I'm not really checking those places, but people in my life are now coming into me, you know, almost on a daily basis, worried that this mandatory Vax is coming. And I just keep saying, I don't think it is. I think it's just a bunch of, of, of smoke to a certain extent, a bunch of noise, a bunch of noise that's slowly going to fade away. You know what they're doing in the States, right? You know what they're doing in the States when you get your vaccines and you show the card at Krispy Kreme, the donut shop, <laughs> you get a free, do- you get a free donut. You know, they're, they're just promoting obesity. They're promoting all this kind of shit. It's fucking nonsense. It's, it's just garbage. There's people that are willingly like taking pictures on Twitter and Facebook of their card and a donut hanging out of their fucking ass. I had a you tweet know, today that said I'd rather be an anti-vaxxer than an anti-faxer. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's not bad, eh? I came up with that all on my own. Well, I'll bet you guys. I'll bet okay. you guys on this one. Yeah. This is, we got this is going further. It's going further than you guys think. They've got they're all in. They're all they've they were on like this. They're all in. They're all in. They yeah. just pushed all the chips yeah. in. Have you ever so, played poker? A couple times. Strip or with money? Both. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take that bet. Nope. So Not any other signs that we didn't <laughs> that we didn't uh, touch on yet, or that you caught all of them? What about the Book of Enoch? How does that uh, is that involved in that? We'd at have all, to or? do another. We'd have to we'd have to do a whole another episode on that because yeah. that's going to take me like an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've just started reading it again. I know. I think you might have. I don't know if I told you that on the last episode we did, but yeah, I started reading it again, and it's it's finally clicking. You know, making sense. It was what hard to is, hard to read before. You know, sometimes I'm just not ready for things. What else were you able to? So you, I mean, obviously you were looking into signs and symbols and all that sort of stuff while you were researching this. Did you come across any other ones? Not Illuminati. Like, I mean, I've heard some people talk about how the. The Starbucks lady was a is a, a deception of the de- depiction of the siren, and that's why it was able to you know wrap it's around the to world be, like it's it supposed does. to be. It's supposed to be ISIS. Um, I haven't really, I haven't really got into that kind of stuff because it's that kind of stuff is too up for debate. You know, I like to make if I'm going to make a belief based argument, I want to have overwhelming evidence. That's why I don't get into numerology. Or numbers in the Bible. I don't yeah. touch the numbers in the Bible when they talk about like seven crowns and ten horns, and I don't get into that because it's too open for interpretation. Like the extra theology in the Bible, yes, that's interpretation, but it's overwhelming. What do, go on. You go ahead. What do you What do you get into next with symbol, symbology and and that kind of stuff then, and decoding? What are you working on next? I um, I just did the Enuma Elish. What and is, surprise, surprise, the enumeration is the Babylonian creation story. Right. And it's a uh, surprise. It's a encoded astrology book. And I basically decoded it with <laughs> astrology. Okay. Well, uh, there's, there's an event coming up in Bryce Canyon, Zion mm-hmm. Canyon here in a couple weeks, where we're going to have... A bunch of us, a bunch of people out mm-hmm. looking at the stars all night. And uh, some of these supposedly the top sky viewing, star viewing places on the planet. I think they say Bryce mm-hmm. is in the top five. What should, uh, what should we look for? What, um, like what, 
what do you think in the heavens is sort of, and I mean, we're going to directly be looking at this because we're we're going with Dave Matheson and he's directly talking about mythology, the Bible and other mythology and how it ties into the stars. So I'm just wondering if you could sort of arm me with a little bit of info so I can so I can look smart. I would tell you, I would tell you, because I can't really teach you the constellations over the phone. Uh, are you guys, by the way, anywhere near Aurora's Borealis? Can you, do you have that up in Canada yeah, or no? Yeah, sometimes, yeah. Yeah, yeah sometimes. We, Actually, my sister, yeah. my sister just got back from the Northwest Territories yesterday, went for dinner with her, and she was showing me pictures on her phone of the Aurora Borealis up there, and it was fucking amazing. Here, here you gotta, you got, where, where I grew up, you'd see it all winter long. Here you gotta... You gotta get out where it's a little. You darker, gotta get out. You gotta but, get away from this fucking city. But it's I've seen but it from, here. I've seen it from like a half hour west of here. I've seen it, and I've seen it from about an hour and a half north as well. I grew up with that shit. Sometimes it was so crazy. I remember we used to always we'd like yell at them and whistle at them because there was all the things. That if you whistle, they'll move, or if you yell, they'll dance around a little bit. Nothing ever happened. But where I grew up, we it was like uh, a thing for sure. Wow. Just look out your window and there'd be up over the mine head frame, the crazy greens and blues. And I'll tell you what you can do. Do you have a, you guys have an iPhone? I do. Okay. Download an app called Skyview. I yeah, have that's it. great. Yeah, we both have That's it. the purple yeah. one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can that's set it, you... set it to show the constellations and all that on there. And yeah. It's the, it's the best. Yeah. Yeah. I always, I mostly pull that out when I'm showing off that I know where Venus is. Because there's a couple stars I can pin. I can usually get Venus. I can usually get Jupiter. I guess they're not stars or planets. I digress. I can usually get Venus because, like you say, it's either the first one you're seeing in the morning with the sunrise or the last one you're Mm -hmm. seeing at night with the sunset. You're always looking towards the sun when you're seeing it. Mm -hmm. And I can always get Jupiter. And I can sometimes get Mars. But those are the only three I can ever get. I could never get Mercury. The only time I can see the other ones is like, is it annually? Or uh, you would probably know better than I, but every once in a while you can get out and you look and you'll see like the moon. You know know what I mean? You'll see like those four all in a row there and they're never, those are all planets, I believe. They're never a star. It's like the moon and blah, blah, blah. That's usually when they're in conjunction with one another. Yeah. That doesn't happen very often. That's great. That's easy to see on the sky view. You can see all the planets align there. It's it's Mm -hmm. good. It's so Mm -hmm. cool when you see them all in a line like that. It must be like, they must all be away from the sun because you always see it. You always see it when it's a full moon. So... The good thing about that app too is you can look below the horizon and you see what's coming up mm-hmm. or whatever. So why don't you why don't you find the Big Dipper, right and now? then put no 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 on when oh. you're on at Bryce there and then and then you can you can no no no, you no. Can you're get your get solstice me your solstice <laughs> your solstice and your equinox star or cross. All right, over, gang, over let's start and, drawing some lines on the ground. <laughs> we'll get him to draw out a giant swastika, <laughs> and then we'll be chased out of the park. Yeah. Here, you're gonna you're gonna do the eight thousand year old symbol. From the stars. Yeah. That'd be trouble. Yeah. You know, and it's not that long ago. Dude, get this. When I was uh, when I was a kid in the Calgary Flames, I don't know if it was the year they went to the Cup in 89 or if it was like the couple years before that. I think they went close type thing. I wasn't, uh, I was too young back then. But that fucking Calgary Flames coach was wearing a shirt with a swastika on it. On TV, wow. he did wow. an interview with the show with the swastika, and I remember back then people were freaking out. <laughs> and I remember my teacher, because and, and credit to him, because I don't think there's a lot of teachers like that 
these days. I can't remember who it was. He said, look at that 8,000 year old symbol. He was talking about, no, he specifically said, he's like, well, he's like that. I doubt he's wearing it as a Nazi symbol. He's like, that symbol goes back to this and the, and And he explained how it, I mean, when, with his, it was from Egypt. He specifically, my teacher then said it was an Egyptian symbol and it meant prosperity and good luck. And it was a a very positive symbol that was adopted by Hitler. Wow. Or maybe if you're of the conspiratorial nature about some of the world wars, maybe it was specifically chosen so that it could be sort of stricken from the earth as a forever hmm. demonic fucking symbol. I mean, cause I mean, you can't, you, we're not, we're never getting that one back. I don't, mm-hmm. you're never getting that one back. And I like, dang 8,000 years down the fucking drain, because I don't think we'll ever be able to use that as a symbol of prosperity ever again. Mm-mm. And you could argue they're trying to do that with the... Uh, well, the other ones, too. I mean, With that's... this one, at least for now. I mean, maybe the devil fingers got away from them. Seems like. Maybe we hijacked that Are one. we getting any of these symbols back? I don't think so. Yeah, I agree. So I should we they... not use them, then? It doesn't bother me. Like, what about the peace one? You do this, people are going to think that you're mimicking Baphomet. Yeah, they're going to think you're evil. Yeah, oh. exactly. That's where it's gone. Yeah. What about this one? That is still okay. That's um, live long, that's and, live prosper. long and prosper. That's yeah. Spock. But I'm, I feel like that must be stolen from somewhere. With is that Roddenberry? Yeah, he was pretty good, right? It was Lucas that was the one. No, Roddenberry was going through some channeling and stuff. I think too, both of them. Then. Yeah, there's some crazy. Stuff I think from him, huh? So the Vulcan one doesn't come from anywhere. That's just from Star Wars, Star Trek. This comes from this. Oh uh, yeah, that's the one I'm always doing. Yeah, live long and prosper, Micah Dank. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we'll have to do this again yeah, uh, yeah. a couple months down the road and do the Enoch book. I love that Enoch shit. Yeah, I'll read it. I'll read it all the way through again, or for the first time. Is it hard to read? No, it's better now. That's what I'm saying. It's better now. It's easy now. It's not like an older, broken, weird English. Yeah, it's it's a bit weird. It's a Bible, you know. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, I'll put your uh, links to all your books and everything in the show notes, and uh, send people that way. Yeah, you could tell people that are listening too is if they want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, not Instagram. I'm sorry, Twitter or Facebook. I'm Micah Dank. Yeah. And uh, I have a, a a page on Facebook called Micah Dank into the Rabbit Hole. Okay. Where I basically post all my interviews and stuff that I talk okay, about. Okay, cool. I'll put the put a link there in the show notes. Right on. Well, thanks for coming back so quick, Micah. We appreciate it. Again, let us know when those audiobooks come out because I will definitely go through the whole series. Once I can see April 27th. Nice. April 27th. Who's the narrator again? I forget who the narrator is, but I'm talking to. So you remember the show? Perfect strangers. Yep. You remember the, the, the foreign guy? Oh, I don't know. I don't remember that that well. He's doing them. Um, his name is Bronson Pinchot. He was, uh, he was in the Langoliers. He was in that. He was in, uh, Oh, that was he's a, in a bunch movie. of stuff. I've been talking to him recently about uh, going over some of the stuff, but he's reading my second book. Oh, good. Awesome. Was the Langoliers the one with the plane that ended up just a couple minutes behind time and those little monsters yep. were like eating up the past? That was such mm-hmm. a cool movie back in the day. I bet you that's a good book, but I fucking can't believe that's Stephen King, right? Mm-hmm. I've never read a Stephen King book wow. ever. 
I have no respect for the guy, but he could still have a good book because there's tons of people that have great books that I probably wouldn't want to hang out with. One of them not being you, sir. Come back anytime. I appreciate that. Thanks, buddy. We'll see you soon. Take care, guys. Okay. Ciao for now. Mm-hmm. And that was our chat with Micah Dank. What'd you think, buddy? Oh, uh, yeah. It's good. Got me thinking. What did you think thinking? About? Oh, all kinds of stuff. You know, you know what's going on in here. I do. Yeah. I, I, I don't. Well, I, in, I in like because it gets me thinking. It gets me thinking about the other side of the satanic symbolism and all that, right? And I like I like thinking in the, I like being back in the middle on a lot of that stuff because it is go. weird. They're flaunting it, right? They're throwing it in our face. So. That's good to just, I haven't really been focusing on it too much, but the friends of mine are like, look at this stuff. Look at this. Look at this. Can you believe they're throwing it in there? And people You're get the spam all guy. And... It's got to be trickier for you. I don't get spammed. That's okay. I, like I know. It's great. I'm not complaining one bit, but I'm like completely oblivious at times. Like yeah. I was shocked to see that the hospitalizations are up today. I figured we were like through this thing. Yeah, dude. I know. I just live in my own fucking world. And then I talked to my buddy Mark today and he's like, some fucking asshole named me as a close contact, and now I can't leave my house until April seventeenth. Yeah, that's so. That's what's so. That is what's weird. Oh, we shouldn't get into it right now. But I was yeah, like, if anyone lists me as a close contact, I will be. But pissed. I know, I know multiple people now that are that are stuck at home because of that exact thing. This is so why I somehow, use fake names. but but it but it went away for a while. And why is and and for, see, I mean, people are going to say, well, it's back because it's there's more cases and it's going up, but. It's it's not. There's this not. is why I use fake names. It's not. Tracing. That's why that's why I don't trust this thing. Because there was more cases before, and there was. This less... is why I don't participate. I won't do contact tracing. I won't do the thing. I will wear the mask once in a while. Am I not allowed to say, say that? that? For the other show. Can yeah, I not say that? Fucking, that's bad. Is that dude, you're bad. You're bad. You're bad. I'm bad. That's bad. That's that's. I'm a good person. I will that's, not put up that's with you. Very controversial. Let's say I don't care. Show. People can be converted. I'm just. You're gonna get kicked off of YouTube if you say stuff like that, dude. You're not picking up that. Not at the end. Uh, You think the algo will pick that up? Maybe. Maybe if you sound a little stoner. Maybe Ron's not contact tracing. (laughs) Get him the fuck out of here. (laughs) Big thanks to Micah Dank for coming on the show. Big thanks to you guys for listening. Even bigger thanks if you are one of the select few that find yourself a supporter of the Grammaric Show. It is a value for value podcast. This will be episode four hundred and. I don't know. It's tough to say. This will be about probably 488, I think, or 489. Yeah. Right up there coming up on our 500th episode, right around our eight-year anniversary. Of course, all there for free, the entire back catalog for free. People have told me not to do that. But we'll never take away the back catalog. Why would... Why? Oh, yeah, yeah. It seems crazy. The Grand America back catalog will never go anyplace. There for free. Value for value, though. It's not free. It's uh, We just put it there for free, and then you guys are supposed to listen to it, decide if it's worth anything to you. You know, depending on where you are, maybe you listen to 10, maybe 20, maybe 100. There were 10 cents each, 20 cents each, 2 bucks each, 10 bucks each. You decide. America.ca slash support. Sign up for a monthly or do a one-time donation, something like that. I mean, if you don't want to do the value for value model, you just got to have a transaction there. You can go check out rockfin.com slash Grimerica, where we do have some premium content over there. We also have our own self-hosted premium podcast over at grimericaoutlaw.ca, which is a two-hour format with the first hour being free, the second hour being members only. 
another great way to support the show. Check out grimerica.ca slash swag and buy some shirts and hats and gear. Actually, there's no hat yet. So if you buy some shirts, there'll be hats soon. They promise me. Anyway, buy some stuff over there. Actually, the swag shop's been popping. We appreciate it. You guys have been killing it at the swag shop. The swag shop's been more popular than ever in the new wow. home, which is fantastic. So that's grimerica.ca slash swag. See if you can find something you like. Maybe you have an idea, send it our way, let us know. We'll make it something. Uh, adultbrain.ca. If you want to check out all the audio books that we've been putting together, whether it's doing them for other people or publishing them ourselves, republishing old lost titles, I believe Secret Doctrine Volume 1, Cosmogenesis, is available as an audiobook for the first time in history. Narrated by your own, Graham Dunlop. Head over adultbrain.ca. Check out all that stuff. Anything else? Spam grab. That's it. Be kind to each other. Be nice. Uh, we love you. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. Who's going to kill this sacred cow? You were never political anyhow. Since when did you start trusting in the government? Since when was it okay to ridicule and shame your neighbor? Your opinions have become, your opinions have become as fickle as artificial flavors. What matters most to you, what the TV host told you to do, or a moral compass that points true north or true. Who's gonna kill this sacred cow? You were never religious anyhow. Since when did you kiss the ring on the hand of the Pope? Since when do we need pharmaceuticals to cope? Your soul has become, ever-loving soul has become, as brittle as communion wafers. What matters most to you? What the Holy Ghost told you to do? Or a moral compass that points true north, oh true. I'm gonna kill I'm gonna kill this sacred cow Bureaucrats think I'm non-essential anyhow Since when has our culture become so lowbrow? It's all touchscreens And nobody has any know-how Your idea of fun Your idea of fun Is taking a thousand and one photos of your duck face Matters most to you what the celebrities most told you was cool Or a moral compass that points true north Oh true I'm gonna kill This sacred cow I'm gonna kill Your sacred cow I'm gonna kill Your sacred cow I'm gonna kill, I'm gonna kill your sacred cow. I'm gonna kill, I'm gonna kill your sacred cow. I'm gonna kill, I'm gonna kill your sacred cow. I'm gonna kill, I'm gonna kill, I'm gonna kill your sacred cow. I'm gonna kill, I'm gonna kill, I'm gonna kill, I'm gonna kill 
your sacred cow. I'm gonna kill, I'm gonna kill, I'm gonna kill your sacred cow. I'm gonna kill, I'm gonna kill, I'm gonna kill your sacred cow. <laughs>